But in order to be proactive, we need to be really self-aware of who we are, what are our values, what are our strengths, what do we bring to the table, what are things that we like, what are things that we don't like. So all those kind of things that uh, we think we may know are clarified and they are amplified once you start journaling. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Hey, welcome back to Happen to Your Career. I am particularly enamored today because I get to bring back on the Happen to Your Career podcast a guest that we have had before, but uh, internally here at Happened to Your Career, uh, we we know her pretty well, and she's actually been a part of the team over the past, and we get to have her back on today for a topic that I think is really incredibly powerful, but we really haven't spent a lot of time talking about uh, Happened to Your Career, at least not publicly. And that topic is journaling and how it can have an impact on your career. And we got to got to know her through episode 167, where we talked about her story going from engineer to career coach and making a variety of different types of career changes within her own life. And now as of late, she has made even more of those career changes for herself. And at the same time, put some really powerful things into the world around journaling. So we wanted to bring her back on and do another episode with her and revisit where she's at. At the same time, be able to talk through how journaling can benefit your career. So welcome back to the Happen to Your Career podcast. Gia Ganesh, how are you? Hi, Scott. I'm so glad to be back and here chatting with you. I am doing great. Thank you. Now, for people that are really interested in your story and how you made a variety of changes from starting out originally as an engineer, they can go back and they can listen to happentoyourcareer.com slash 167. You go to that URL and then you can find Gia's story. But as of late, you've made some additional changes too. And I think that these are really fun and I think very interesting too at the same time. So catch them up on what you've been doing as of late. Absolutely, Scott. So at that point in time, I was a career coach with you guys. Since then, I have continued to grow and learn. You know, one of my core strengths is learning on the Strengths Finder assessment. Yeah. So I've always looked for opportunities to grow and learn. And that led me down the path of becoming involved in a technology accelerator program here in Atlanta through the Georgia Tech University. That was a fascinating experience where I tried to found a technology company in the human resources space, specifically around talent acquisition. So through that process, I got involved in learning more about customer discovery and understanding the pain points of the customer. That's, those are things that we talk about in the entrepreneurship world quite a bit. But this was a really deep dive through specific psychological means, including biases that we should be aware of and things like that. Fast forward, I wasn't a successful tech startup founder because I wasn't able to get the funding. I only got about a few thousands of dollars of funding, whereas the amount of money that I needed to think, build this thing was several hundreds of thousands, right? Yeah. So anyway, a fast forward after pitching in New York and uh, San Francisco and Atlanta itself, 
I decided that I'm just going to keep my options open while I try to keep building this company. And through networking, I came across somebody that had built this healthcare startup here in Atlanta. And we got to talking and I realized that they were looking for a human resource professional to come on board. And they were wondering if I would be willing to assist them. Through a process of exploration and seeing if this was the right time for me, I discovered that, yes, I was going to go ahead. And that's the transition that I made. I'm now the people and culture lead at Healthcare Startup here. We have about 30 employees and I love, love, love what I'm doing as card because it helps me directly connect with people. I'm really passionate about career development and that's something that I feel like I'm able to add immense value here within the organization with employees directly and make a meaningful difference. Well, and as I got to the pleasure of knowing you over the last few years here, one of the things that I know to be true about you is you're very collaborative. Not only are you very passionate about career development and those types of things, but you have this very collaborative approach. So I am not super surprised to hear that you found yourself in this type of opportunity now, just because it seems to fit a lot of the things that I know about you. So congratulations, first of all. And here's one of the questions I have. As we were mentioning on the outset here, that we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about journaling. How has that entered the picture for you? Have you always been a fan of journaling? Where did you pick that up for yourself? Where did that become of interest? I was one of those girls who always had a diary when I was growing up and who always wrote dear diary and stories about my friends and things that happened. So I, I guess in a way, journaling has been with me ever since I was a child. But after a few years, I've lost touch with it and things like that. But in the past, let's say five years, I kind of picked it back up again as I started listening to podcasts. And to tell you the truth, it was Tim Ferriss who kind of reminded me about this whole aspect of journaling. And it connected me back with those feelings that I had when I was younger, when I loved writing into a diary. But journaling is a little bit different, could take the form of writing into a diary. But this, I kind of adopted a little bit of a different style. I incorporated it in my morning routine where I just sat down and wrote about, I always like to start my day with things that I'm grateful for, something that I instill in my kids as well as tell me one thing that you're thankful for today. And again, something that I do in the night as well. So I started off just doing small things like what am I thankful for? And then added a few other things as well, like two or three questions that I always address in the morning. And I've been doing that on and off for the past five years now. So that's how I got started in journaling back again in my adulthood. What questions did you start with aside from what am I thankful for? Because it sounds like that was one of the initial prompts that you were you were using. However, you know, as you started to evolve that over a five-year period, what did you find to be most helpful for you? And how did you see that start to trickle through your life? How was that actually beneficial? Absolutely. So through a process of experimentation, right, I kept trying a few different prompts here and there. But I think the few that I have stuck with has been What am I looking forward to today? What am I grateful for today? And then what are my top three priorities? And the difference between what am I looking forward to today and what are my top three priorities is sometimes there are days when I'm just looking forward to maybe attending my child's play at school. You know, so it's different than top three priorities. I'm just pointing out the difference because sometimes people feel like, yeah, aren't you looking forward to the top three priorities that you have? Well, sometimes those priorities are imposed, (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) things that I'm looking forward to. So 
those are three that have constantly stuck with me. I have always included a few others as I have come across them to see if they would make sense. But due to time constraints, I try to restrict it to three to five minutes of journaling because otherwise if it takes too long, then I'm trying to procrastinate. So <laughs> I've realized that journaling can lead to procrastination for many people. If it feels like a burden, the minute something feels like a burden, we are looking for ways out of doing that thing. Yeah. So I wanted to always be cognizant of making sure it does not take more than three minutes of my time. So it feels like something that is easy to do. And I've stuck with three to five prompts. These three have been constant on my list. And I've added a few things and taken them off. And, you know, I always experiment with one or two other prompts as well. But these three, I can knock them out in a couple of minutes. Sometimes I also do free flow journaling. And during that period of time, it was just free flow. All my thoughts around that particular topic that was bothering me is another way to journal, I guess. You don't always have to have prompts. Sometimes you can just do the dear diary kind of journaling as well, right? What do you think really have been the biggest benefits that you've seen for yourself as you've been experimenting with this and evolving this for your for yourself over the last five years? Where have you seen that show up? I think the biggest, biggest benefit is self-awareness. And that's very important for all of us. It's one thing to go through life just reacting to things that come at us. But in order to be proactive, we need to be really self-aware of who we are, what are our values, what are our strengths, what do we bring to the table, what are things that we like, what are things that we don't like. So all those kinds of things that we think we may know are clarified and they are amplified once you start journaling. And it's a better connection with yourself. Today, we live in a world where depression has really taken center stage. And, you know, you probably all of us are hearing stories about the importance of mental health and things like that. So along those lines, Scott, when you have a better connection with yourself, journaling is that process that helps you have that better connection with yourself. And when you have that connection with yourself, you're able to take steps maybe proactively. For example, let's say you notice that the writings in your journal have been kind of on a negative spiral. Most of your thoughts have been on the negative scale. It's something that I feel once you are beginning to be more aware of that, you may be even inclined to take action, which may not have happened if you just were meditating on those thoughts in your head. So that's one thing. Another thing is it's helped me become more clear on many aspects of my life around things that I want to focus on, either professionally or personally, what really matters in my life. You know, there are times when I felt like I've had to struggle between family and work. And I feel like those kind of situations where I've had to choose between one of each has been a problem for me. And when I struggle with those kind of questions and making decisions, do I take up a job that's going to take me away from my family or do I give up on a job? But I, you know, there are a lot of questions that we have. And I feel like answers to those questions crystallize once you start journaling. That's amazing. What's a specific example of that? Or what's maybe the last time you, you found that happen or that type of benefit? I think it was with regard to the tech startup. I was at a point where I had put in about a year's worth of time in this tech startup, and it was not giving me the kind of results that I should have been getting at that point in time. And I was struggling quite a bit in terms of whether I should go ahead and invest more time and effort or if I should close that and move on to something else. Yeah. And it was over a period of time where I journaled almost for maybe even 45 days to 60 days. 
constantly journaling about it, going through all the things that were the pros and cons, as people call it, in order to get clarity on that. You know, obviously, we're quite a rational person. I'm very logical. I can, in a minute, tell you what are the pros, what are the cons. But my heart was tugging me in one direction and my brain was telling me to do something else. So just to help get that clarity, I think journaling around that helped. So I picked this topic and I constantly journaled about it. And in the end, I was able to make a decision that now in looking back, I feel like I made the right decision. I'm really happy with where I'm at. I think I made the right decision for the startup as well and for the other people, the uh, investors that were involved. I think I made a good decision for everybody involved from that aspect. And I strongly attribute that to journaling about it over a period of time. Interesting. I appreciate you sharing that example. I was not the kid who did the Dear Diary at all. <laughs> I did not have journals as a kid whatsoever. I, I think the closest I got to that was in high school, I wrote lots of songs because I was really into bass and guitar and you know played in a high school band and all kinds of stuff like that. But later on, my introduction into journaling was where I spent about almost a year really recording how I was feeling about happiness in my life. This was at the same point in time where I was doing tons and tons of research about what what made up happiness as it relates to your career and other things like that. So I was going through and recording you know, some of the experiences as well as trying to rate it at the same time. So all, all my prompts were related to that. And, and that was really interesting in itself. However, what I would find is that you mentioned free flow journaling. I'd find that free flow journaling, and I'm not sure how you define that, but I almost think about that as where I'm just writing without yeah. restraint or, or you know, trying to write without restraint in some cases. And I, I found that that was best for those situations where I couldn't quite articulate why I was feeling off about something. And then that mm -hmm. would allow me to get it out. But I'm curious, you know, even though that was my case, where did you find that free flow journaling was better for you versus working with prompts? I think very similar to you, Scott. I think it is free flow journaling has always helped when I've had this internal dilemma in my head where one part of my brain says something and the other part of my brain says something else. Even for things like, for example, I'll give you another example. Uh, personally, I'm trying to move my son from uh, Montessori school to the public school system. Yeah. And that has been a constant struggle because, again, I have one part of my brain telling me to do something, but I'm making logical decisions based on what's good for everybody yes. else. So I've, I've used it for those kind of situations where just articulating the struggle that I'm having in terms of what is right for me, what is right for my child, what I think may come out of it has given me clarity that I, I guess I already have in my head because it's my head that's producing those thoughts. But putting it down on paper and putting pen to paper really gets the juices flowing. At the end of it all, like let's say if I've been journaling about this for the past 10 days, at the end of it all, reading through it and seeing the thought process and seeing the output of that, I feel like I'm able to make better decisions when I have those kind of uh, situations. And I use journaling as a tool to help me navigate those situations. I'm curious, where did you start working with other people? Because I, I know from even just talking a little bit before we hit the record button here, you at some point along the way, started incorporating that into some of the help that you were providing for people with their careers and career development and, and everything else along the way. So where did that start? Where did you start bringing that into, into the mix? And what did you find out of that? 
Yeah, Scott. So when I was actively coaching clients through their career transitions and career progressions, I was working primarily uh, with a lot of female clients. And what I noticed, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not existing, uh, existent with the male population or not, but in my particular experience, when I would ask a female client, tell me a little bit more about what you accomplished in your career last year. I found that women were not able to articulate very clearly all the things that they did. They would tell me things like, for example, I'll just take my own example here and say, let's say you asked me, Scott, what did I do last year? And I'd say, hey, you know what, Scott, I created this journal, right? And that's all they would be able to say. Or they would say things like, you know what, I led the project for my company and I successfully finished this project and project around XYZ. But they were not able to clearly articulate all the skills that they learned or all the ways they have grown professionally through that particular project or how they have made an impact through that project to their team or their organization. And when we walk into an interview or to a performance review meeting, that is exactly what the other side of the table is looking for. They want to understand how you can add value and what can you bring to the table. And if we as interviewees are not able to answer that effectively, then we are not setting uh, setting ourselves up for success. You know, we always talk about the glass ceiling. We talk about how women are not paid on par with men. And like anything else, everything is a two-sided street. Yes, there is uh, many societal implications that stop women from progressing, but there are things that we as women can do as well in order to progress. And one is being able to articulate the value we bring to the table confidently and clearly. But in that clarity was missing in working with the clients that I had. And I started encouraging them to start writing down what they did every day. So when we would review that over a period of like, let's say three months, we noticed that they were able to give me all those extra details that they were not able to give me before. So as I started looking through what I wanted them to focus on, I identified, and of course, with my knowledge about the professional development field and other resources, I identified six areas that I asked people to keep tabs on on a daily basis. And then we started looking through ways we can extract value out of those six things that they were doing. So may I uh, share what the six things are? Yeah, please. So like one of the things is, of course, the actual work that you do. What is the actual work that you did today? And I call these six categories as daily wins in my journal. The other is what did you do to build your brand as a person? Another thing is community contribution. What did you do to help your team or your organization? Professional skills. Did you do anything today to grow professionally? Another is soft skills. And I particularly place most importance on soft skills. We tend to forget how important they are. In fact, I don't even like the term soft skills. I think these are like really core skills that all of us should have. What I mean by that is as you grow in your career, you more than the financial results and anything else that you can bring, it's your ability to deal with people and get the best out of people that produces the most results. And those I primarily attribute to those core skills, your ability to communicate effectively, your interpersonal skills, critical thinking skills, all those are the skills that we tend to forget that we are growing in those areas as well. And I wanted people to be cognizant of that. And the last thing was relationship building. It's very important in order to grow enough. All of us know network is our net worth. And I wanted people to be uh, cognizant of how they are improving their relationships and growing their network. So those are the six areas uh, that people would have to track their daily wins in. But I feel like where the journal adds value to people is after recording their daily wins for a week, 
I asked them to go look back at what they did in the past week and identify, is there anything I created this week? Is there anything that I improved for my team or my organization? Is there anything that I reduced? Is there anything that I prevented? Is there any place where I took consistent action or any place where I let uh, things go? So that insight is what I wanted people to have. And I think that was what made the difference in recording the daily news. Well, there's a couple areas I'm curious about, and I was listening intently because I was wanting to understand more about this. However, here's, here's my impression from what you're talking about in terms of how these things can benefit you for your overall career development or trajectory or even just where you want to go on a daily or monthly or yearly basis. So Mm -hmm. when you're when you have these areas like what did you do to build your brand and what did you do to grow professionally and relationship building, I, I think that my observation is what we have in front of us day after day after day is where we have a tendency to focus our time and effort. And Absolutely. if there are things that are lacking from that, then um, then they have a tendency not to get attention in one way or another. And I, I think that that's probably something we can agree upon, even if you don't know the data behind it or whatever, like even if you're listening to this and haven't seen any of the studies, then it's probably safe to say that that's uh, fairly true. Absolutely. So here's what I'm hearing then. When you're going through and asking those types of either prompts or questions or areas and offering the opportunity to record it, it seems like there's a really a couple of benefits out of that. One, I'm just thinking about it in terms of, oh my goodness, this becomes like a historical record to where you can, when you're like wanting to apply for another job, you're wanting to go in and prepare for an interview, you're wanting to remind yourself of what you, how far you've actually come. It's like, oh wow, you can just like open up the pages and boom, there it is in in some different way. So there's that element. But I think the other, maybe even far more important element is that, it's forcing you to intentionally focus your time around these areas. And especially if these areas are important to you in one way or another, then that sounds very beneficial because you're going to move in these directions day after day, decision by decision. So I'm curious, one, is that what you've actually seen out of it in creating, going through these two processes? And when I say these two processes, I'm talking about one, creating the journal, and then two, working with others in order to see what the what the byproducts are of doing these types of activities. So what did you actually see out of that? And then two, how else have you seen this helping? Your question around what have I seen as a result of this is intentional action taking, right? You are so right. That was one of the outcomes that happened as a result of this. I did create it as a way to record, keep a record of your accomplishments, but the byproduct of it was exactly what you mentioned. People began to realize, hey, I have nothing that I've done in the past week in the area of brand building, right? So maybe this week I am going to take intentional action on doing something to build my brand as a HR leader, for example. So that, I think, became a very important outcome as a result of constantly writing in the journal because you're aware now that, hey, I haven't been doing things to grow myself professionally in these three areas. And you start to at least try to take action in those areas. I'm curious, you know, what, what's an example of that or what's, uh, what's a story that has come out of 
that for people that you've worked with in the past or as you have been sharing what you've learned with other people here? I think it had to do with a client. She was an entrepreneur and she was, you know, um, trying to build her business. And I think it was interesting. She kept doing so many things around the business and she really failed to brand herself. That's why I think I kind of picked up on that example, keeping her in mind. And when I asked her to record all that she was doing on a daily basis, we've noticed that the brand building box was something she had nothing to add to. Yes, she was taking care of the operations, taking care of the finances, but there was no way she was showing that she was the person that people needed to come to because she was not showcasing that at all. She was not doing anything to build her brand and showcase her expertise in that. And as a result of that, we knew that we had to put a plan in action around how she could build her brand. And she was... We put, of course, we did put a plan in action. She started noting down things that she was doing to build her brand in uh, the journal. That was very important, noticing that there are areas that can help you grow professionally that you're not taking action in is really key for us. What was the process for you? So since you uh, have gone through and actually created a journal that is now out in the world, what was the process for you of trying to decide what was most important to put in there and why did you end up with what you ended up with? It was a tough process. I definitely have to say that I used my own personal experience of working with clients and what I was hearing back from them, used my experience as an entrepreneur struggling to build my own business at a certain point in time and what I felt like I was missing or could have done better. And I also did a lot of research. I mean, today the internet is filled with excellent resources. So I, I did look into a lot of other professional development books and resources. I did talk to a couple of professors who were focused on organizational behavior. And I got feedback from them about what I was thinking as well. So in a nutshell, Scott, it was a collaborative effort of trying to synthesize all the things that I had found personally in working with clients as well as industry resources. I put all those together and I feel like I picked the six most important things that could definitely make a difference to somebody's career. When you say the the six most important things, those were the six pieces that you were mentioning earlier, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Can you can you take me through those again here really quick? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So work contribution, the actual work that you do as in whatever role that you're in, brand building, community contribution, professional skills, soft skills. Relationship building. Those are the six uh, key areas that I want people to make a note of on a daily basis. And I also added a few others that I didn't mention. One is a general notes section where you can jot down any notes you have. Feedback section is where you put down any feedback that you may have received from a colleague or somebody that in a professional capacity. Another important thing I love, this is, the, this is one of my most favorite uh, parts of the journal, is best yeah. experience. It's a best experience, and I'd like people to note down their best experience of the day. And the thinking behind that is, Scott, only if I'm aware of what was my best experience, then can I figure out a way to recreate that best experience some other time, right? Like, for example, today, the best experience for me is talking to you, Scott, or talking about the journal. Then only if I'm aware and make a note of it, can I take intentional action towards recreating that again in a month or so with some other somebody else, something like that, right? So we want to be aware of that as well. And the last is above and beyond. Are there ways that you went above and beyond your traditional job description? 
let's say I'm an analyst at a company, my roles and responsibilities are XYZ, but are there ways in which I stepped up and did things above and beyond? Because when you walk into a promotion meeting or a, you know, a performance review meeting, in order to get that promotion, they always expect you to perform at the next level and then give you the promotion, right? So I wanted a way for people to be cognizant of taking action towards performing at a level above them whenever possible and making note of that as well. So that was the thinking behind adding that above and beyond a section there. Ah, interesting. I really like that. So here's the other question. As you have worked with people integrating journaling into their life, what barriers have come up along the way? Oh, I'll tell you, the biggest barrier is procrastination and time. People always claim that they do not have the time to journal. And it took me a while to figure that out as well. Like I said, I've, I've faced that myself. So I always wondered and I've done some research and then I finally figured out that for me, the barrier, even though I claimed it was time, I said that I do not have time to journal in the mornings. I'm too pressed. I have to get the kids off to school, get myself packed, all those things. And I realized it was truly the in peeling the layers of the onion. The true cause was not actually time. I could actually make time if I wanted to, but it was the feeling that was stopping me from going ahead. For in my case, the feeling was this felt like a chore because I had to think about certain things at a certain point in time. Meaning when I was going through that, I was, I think I was journaling about a few difficult prompts and I felt like there was a lot of thinking that I had to do and I did not want to indulge in that deep level of thinking at that point in time. So what I'm trying to tell you here is Scott, that when people may claim that time is the barrier for them, but I would urge people to uh, peel the layers of the onion to figure out what truly is the barrier are there certain feelings that are getting evoked by this action of journaling? Are there memories from the past? Maybe they didn't have a pleasant experience in journaling. Or maybe they have, uh, like me, they didn't want to indulge in deep thinking in the morning. Or maybe there are prompts that are not appealing to them. I'm going to challenge people to think about is time their true barrier? We can always get up five minutes ahead of whatever our waking up time is to make time for journaling. So. I'm going to eliminate time out of the equation and address the second piece, which is procrastination. And I know you you are an expert on this topic, so I'm probably not going to say the right things here. I am an expert <laughs> in procrastination, yes. No, meaning <laughs> procrastination, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I am a, a yes. Yes to both. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sorry, I meant to say that you're an expert in tackling the topic of procrastination and you know... Uh, quite a few ways to tackle procrastination. But again, self-awareness around what and why we procrastinate for is very important. In my case, journaling prompts were not the right kind of prompts for me. So I guess that's a barrier that could come for certain people. Like if somebody bought my journal, the Daily Career Journal, a barrier for them is they may not have things to write in certain areas and they may not feel good about it. So those are the kind of barriers that people may face. And in order to understand these barriers, they have to be intentional about looking and thinking about who they are as a person, what kind of experiences they've had, what kind of feelings evoke these kind of barriers for them, and then instill the processes to tackle those barriers. So let's say that they have started, like somebody's listening to this right now. We have an HDYC here that is out there. They're listening to this right now. What can they do to 
begin getting started? What can they do to just get started and begin building the habit? Let's say that they're sold on, okay, a small amount of focus in a couple of these areas is going to benefit me. And I am trying to peel back some of the layers in order to get started. How can I make that even easier for myself? Just do it is the simplest way, right? So open up a Google Drive and open up a new Word document, whatever it may be. Just start at the end of the day before you shut down. Literally take 30 seconds and write down what you did today. Let's say, for example, all I want to capture today is what did I do? Write down three things that you did today that come to mind. Just that's it. That's it. Put down the date, write down three things and see if you can sustain that habit for 21 days. Can you come in? And at the end of every day, write down three things that you did, just the date and three things that you did at work every day. And see if you can sustain that. If you're not even able to sustain writing down three things that should not take more than 30 seconds to a minute, then you definitely want to think about what's what's the problem there, right? But until you get started, you're not going to be able to identify that you even have a problem doing that. So I think my first advice is to get started. Just do it in the simplest form. If you have, If you're a paper person, Take the simplest legal pad and dedicate a certain number of pages to this and do it. Otherwise, if, if you're on the computer, then just open up a Word doc or a Google sheet and just start noting it down there and see if you can sustain it for 21 days to a month and then see if there are ways you can add on more categories or do a little bit more analysis on what will make a difference to you in your career and note down things in those areas, right? But the simplest way is to just start doing one thing for 30 seconds to a minute. Mm. I, I really like the idea of the 21 days too. I have found for myself, and this is not true for every single person in the world, but there is some great research and evidence out there that when we look at things short term, like as a project, as an example, then it becomes easier to say yes to trialing it in one way or another. And that has a tendency to eliminate some of those psychological barriers about even just getting started and just doing it as you're talking about. So committing to 21 days as opposed to committing, I'm going to, I'm going to start journaling or be the person who does journaling or whatever else you know, has a tendency to go on in our heads is far, far easier. And in fact, you know, I mentioned earlier, I really started journaling way back when, when I was doing some of that research and trying to measure my personal feelings of happiness, as well as understand some of the impacts of the research and, and experiment with that myself. And that became, I mean, that became an everyday thing or very nearly everyday thing for me for almost a year. But I don't think I would have started if I wasn't looking at it as a project that was going to end at some point because committing to journaling on happiness for the rest of my life probably would have sounded <laughs> daunting or intimidating. So I really appreciate the advice on just try it in the smallest possible way for 21 days. And if you need a higher purpose behind it, like apparently I did for the for the research around happiness, then I think it's okay to add that too. I'm going to do this 21 days for the purpose of recognizing where I'm spending my time, or I'm doing this 21 days for the purpose of uh, beginning to capture 
some of the wins that I have around my career, or I'm doing this, pick any one of those six areas that you were talking about, because I think all of those are great areas. I'm going to uh, capture what I'm doing to grow professionally over the 21 days. So very, very much appreciate that advice. Any other advice that you'd have for people that are interested in putting journaling into their life in any way whatsoever, and maybe haven't done this either consistently or haven't done this at all, and are listening to this right now? I guess I'm going to talk about journaling in general, not just like for professional growth. Try a few different things before saying yes or no. It's one thing I want to say because I know of a friend who did not like writing in just a regular notebook. Somehow when she bought a journal that was, you know, that looked really nice. It was a leather-bound journal and it had certain prompts and certain areas for questions and answers and things like that. It made a difference to her and I could see that she was happier journaling in that and she was able to stick to it as opposed to just writing in a notebook. So all that I'm trying to say is for each person, it's going to be a very personal experience. Journaling is a very personal experience. What appeals to one person may not appeal to the other person. So whether it's in the form of the journal, whether where you write, another thing is some people may like to write in the morning, some people may like to write at night, some people may like to write in the day, but you won't know that until you try it out, right? So what I'm going to urge people is to try different things, different formats of journals, different timings of the day, different prompts, different free form uh, journaling and see what appeals to you. And once you figure that out, then try to stick to that particular way of doing it for 21 days and then slowly add to it. Again, when you buy a journal and test 10 prompts, don't feel compelled to answer all 10 prompts right at the onset. Pick one prompt and see if you're able to stick with journaling for that one prompt for 21 days. If you're successful with that, then you can add the second prompt. Nobody's forcing you. Nobody's going to read your journal. It's your thing. So that's my advice, Scott, is to try and to make, make it into bite-sized chunks and stick with that one bite-sized chunk for 21 days before moving on to something great, uh, something bigger and larger. I like that you are giving us all permission to not have to <laughs> not yeah. have to get through all of the prompts in a particular journal or anything else or to do it in a particular way. And I think you're right. And I've seen that for myself and my wife and I have even talked about this too with the variety of journals that are available out there. It can feel like you are failing in one way or another by not answering all the prompts. And that's not necessarily how I want to start her in my day. Uh, and that is something that's not helpful. So even having that permission to not worry about that or mm -hmm. to do something completely different, then I think that that is really helpful because I, I do believe that that is, a, that is a barrier that has a tendency to come up. Where can people find the, you know, we've talked about journaling as a whole here, and you have done a great job creating a particular journal for folks that are interested in developing their careers. Where can people find that and what is the best way? So I sell my journal on this website. I think you will link to it, but I'll spell it. It's career, ikigai. Ikigai is a Japanese word, which means the reason for being. So it's career, C-A-R-E-E-R-I-K-I-G-A-Y. Uh, GAI.com. And I would love to offer a 50% discount to listeners of Happen to Your Career simply because I love working with you, Scott. And, you know, uh, all that I've learned from you has been tremendously helpful to me as well. So this is just for you, uh, the listeners of Happen to Your Career. The code is HTYC, very simple. 
that they can use to avail a 50% discount. Well, I appreciate that. I didn't know that you were going to do that. So uh, (laughs) yes, take advantage of that and get started on journaling. And I think that uh, we absolutely will link up to that to make it nice and easy. And also, thank you so much for being here and sharing what you've got going on, as well as what you've learned about journaling over the past number of years. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Scott. I, as always, I, I had a blast talking to you and uh, sharing some things that are going on with me. So uh, good luck to everybody that is going to get started journaling. And uh, hopefully we see a lot more HDYers getting into the habit of journaling regularly. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And guess what? We've got plenty more coming up next week right here on Happen to Your Career. So take a listen to what we've got in store for you next week on the Happen to Your Career podcast. I got this job in New York marketing in a timeshare industry and um, hated it because... It was boring. The work wasn't very engaging. And although I got to interact with traveling people and a transient guest all the time, I kind of felt stupid and underutilized doing the job. That's right. All that and plenty more next week. It's here on Happen to Your Career. I will see you next week when the episode releases on Monday. All right. I am out. Adios. Adios.